Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. Same thing with praying in the Holy Spirit, guys. Praying in the Holy Spirit is a powerful tool for getting to a place of rest. You see, you're you're a little bit concerned about something. Something's going on. Well, pray in the Holy Ghost, you see. Praise God. This is why, why praying the Holy Ghost is so powerful, you see, because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, guys, you're praying about things you don't know about, but you know you're praying the perfect will of God. Praise God. And so no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what it is that has you worried or concerned, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you can, sh- you can be sure that you are praying the perfect will of God over that situation. And same thing will happen. When you pray the Holy Ghost for a bit, guys, what happens is that sooner or later, there's going to be a peace that comes. There's going to be a rest that takes you over. Well, now you're at rest, you see. And, and, and in fact, you always want to release your faith from a place of rest. You get to the place of rest, and now you say, Praise God, Lord, I believe the situation is already taken care of. I now release my faith from this place of rest. That is you laboring to get to a place of rest, you see. And so works of faith, in fact, guys, everything that we do, uh, confessing the word, praying the Holy Spirit, all of these, these things we do, you can look at these as laboring to rest. I really want you to see, as I said, that rest is your place of empowerment. You see, when you are at rest, independent of circumstances and conditions, what happens is, well, now your faith can really work, you see. Because, because what happens is, when you're resting, guys, now the Holy Ghost can work on your behalf, you see. <laughs> you see, the Holy Spirit is never going to override your free will. And so while you're all stressed out and worried, He's just going to sit back and let you do your thing. But when you consciously choose to bring yourself to a place of rest, well, now he can go to work in your life. Are you guys following me? Everybody say this out loud again. When I'm at rest, I will see God's best. Say this again, guys. Say, it's time to chill out with the Lord. Time to chill out with the Lord. If you're with someone, tell them, look at them and say, it's time to chill out with Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Now, look at this here. Look at Galatians um, 2.16. Yeah, we went to Galatians 2.16. Let's look at this verse real quick. I want you to see this again. He says in verse 16, he says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Now, remember, works of the law is, is, is anything you do to try to get God to move. And what I want us to see really is, 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 is that the issue is, guys, in the body of Christ, in much of the body of Christ, what we've done is we've turned things that are supposed to be our tools for getting to a place of rest, we've turned those into works of the law, <laughs> you see. You see, when you confess the word to try to get God to move, well, that's works of the law. Because the works of the law is this, it is, it is you operating under this pattern where you think you got to do before God can do. Whereas works of faith, laboring to rest, is you believe Jesus has already done it, and so now you just, you just make sure you're at a place of rest. See, now you confess the word so you can be at rest, you see. 
Because guys, remember, the evidence of your faith is, is rest. And so he says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, this is what I want you to see, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Notice he says, the faith of Jesus Christ. Not, the fit, not by faith in Jesus. Of course, we put our faith in Jesus. But I want you to see this again, guys, that if you are born again, if you are in Christ, the Bible actually says that you have the faith of Christ. Glory to God. You've got the faith of Christ in your born-again spirit. That's what he says, the faith of Jesus Christ. He says, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Notice exactly what he's saying here, guys. He says, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. And so he's saying, when you believe in Jesus, glory to God, praise God, what happens is you now got the faith of Jesus in your born-again spirit. And he says, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now, now the, the, the faith of Jesus. You see, here's the first stage of you laboring to rest is you confess the word, you do what you got to do to maintain yourself, to maintain your, 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 your believing God. You're not going to allow circumstances and conditions to move you away, you see. And so, so you believe God. Now, that's the first stage to laboring to rest. Now, the second stage is you want to realize, guys, that you've already got all the faith that you will ever need. You see, if you're born again, you've already got all of the faith you will ever need. Look at Galatians 3, 23 again. Someone says, Alex, I don't know, it sure doesn't feel like I got all the faith I need. But guys, I want you to know that what the Bible says, that if you are born again, he says in Romans 12, chapter 12, I believe it's verse 3, he says, God has dealt to every born again man the measure of faith. The measure of, of faith. Now, why is this important? Because I said earlier, one form of unbelief is wrong belief. And guys, one way that, that we can be in wrong belief is when we think that we got to work to try to get more faith. When you think that you operating in faith is something that you got to you know, you, you got to work to get faith. Alex, I got to make sure I, I got I to gotta work. I got to do all these things to, to make sure I got enough faith. Hold on. You see, that's that's effort. That's self-effort. That's performance. You see, but, but that, that's wrong belief because the Bible says you've already got the faith of Christ. We just read that. And look what he says in Galatians 3.23. He says, but before faith came, stop right there, guys, faith came. Faith came. <laughs> you see? I know this may be challenging for some, some of you people because you think you don't feel like you got faith. You see, you, you got all this stuff going on, you're worried, you're concerned, there's anxiety. Guys, that doesn't mean you don't have any faith. That does not mean you don't have any faith, you see. Praise God. What you got to do is, is you, you just got to labor now to get to a place of resting because when you're at a place of resting, well, when you're at rest, when you're at rest, now the faith that you've got in your spirit can go to work. Look what he says. He says, before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Now, guys, in context, what he's talking about here is before Jesus came. 
You see, you could read this verse like this. You could read this verse as before Jesus came, we were kept under the law. You see, because guys, remember Jesus came and, and Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law, performance-based religion. And so, and so he says, when Jesus came, faith came. And so what I want you to understand is, glory be to God, that Jesus is your faith. The reason that the word can say we have the faith of Christ, guys, is because Jesus is our faith. And so, and so guys, where this is what I want you to see here tonight. When you begin to understand that Christ is on the inside of you, guys, everybody know Christ. When you got born again, Christ came to dwell on the inside of you. In fact, look at Colossians 1.27. Look at Colossians 1.27. When you got born again, Jesus took up residence on the inside of you. And so this is how you labor to get to a place of rest, guys. It comes back to the relationship. It comes back to your relationship with Jesus. You see, confessing the word is important. We emphasize that. All of the things we do, praying the Holy Ghost, meditating the word, uh, speaking our authority in the name of Jesus, all of that is important. But guys, ultimately, you get to a place of rest when you focus on your relationship with Jesus. Guys, I keep saying this and I really want you to get this. Principles are important, but the strength and the empowerment in this Christian life is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, the more time now that you spend fellowshipping with Jesus, and, and, and you know that, that, that includes you speaking his, his word over your life, that includes you uh, declaring his promises over your life, that includes you praying the Holy Ghost. In fact, one of the most powerful ways, guys, that you can fellowship with God is, is when you pray in the Holy Spirit, glory to God. You see, praying in the Holy Ghost is a powerful way of deep, intimate fellowship with God, you see, because it's your spirit that's doing the praying, and so you're communicating with God spirit to spirit. In other words, words, your mind isn't getting in the way, you see. And so praying the Holy Ghost is a powerful way of, 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 of communing with, with God, of fellowshipping with God, you see, because that's where your, your rest ultimately is going to come from. Look at this here. This is what I want you to see. Colossians 1.27. Glory be to God. Look what he says here in Colossians 1.27. He says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, watch this guys, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see? You see, there's powerful fellowship that comes when you begin to meditate on this. Guys, I've been doing this these past few days. The Lord has really been showing me some some deeper things about this, this whole truth, guys, that that he's right here. Praise God, he's he's on the inside of me. He's he's on the inside of you, you see. Christ in me. Christ in me. Jesus is on the inside of us, guys. And and and, and do you know when you begin to meditate on that throughout the day, that is a powerful way for you to experience his rest. Christ is on the inside of you. 
You see, you see, this is this is the key to understanding your identity in Christ. Your identity is no longer found in in yourself. Our identity as believers, guys, is completely found in Jesus. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world, guys. Now, that's talking about your born-again spirit. That's talking about the real you. The real you is, is your born-again spirit. And I want you to know, no matter the condition your, your, your mind may be in, no matter the condition your body may be in, your born-again spirit has been joined unto the Lord. The Bible says, he who is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And so you're one spirit with the Lord. He's on the inside of you. Now, when you begin to meditate on Christ in you, the hope of glory, that is a powerful way to get to a place of rest. Now, what does hope of glory mean? Now, the biblical definition of hope is, is earnest expectation. That is you having an earnest expectation of good and the word glory here is talking about the manifestation of the word of God the manifestation of the glory of God the manifestation of the presence of God over your life praise God in other words Christ being in you is your earnest expectation that you will see the promises of God coming to pass in your life Christ in you is your earnest expectation of healing your earnest expectation of prosperity your earnest expectation of deliverance your earnest expectation of peace you see it's Christ on the inside of you child of God and 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 catch this now the Bible says you have the faith of Christ how do you have the faith of Christ well it's because he's on the inside of you and so Jesus being on the inside of you means that the blessing is already on the inside of you the faith you need is already on the inside of you the righteousness of Christ is on the inside of you the peace of, of Jesus is on the inside of you the wisdom of God is on the inside of you you see and so I want you to begin to see yourself the way that God sees you in Christ. You see, guys, God does not see you in your sin. No, God sees you in Christ. And so, and so God sees you in Christ. Amen? And Christ is on the inside of you. And so when you begin to meditate on this, you begin to walk in this, guys, there's a supernatural peace that comes. And I'm telling you guys, Satan is so terrified of believers beginning to get a hold of this. You see, Satan isn't afraid of religious people, guys, but Satan is terrified of a believer who knows who they are in Christ. Satan is terrified of a believer who knows that the risen Christ is on the inside of them, you see. Praise God. Glory be to God. Everybody say, Christ is on the inside of me. Everybody say, as he is, so am I in this world. Say this, say the real me looks just like Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> it's radical, guys. This is radical, but this is what these Wednesday nights are for. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> and, 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 so, and so the more that you begin to operate in this, there's a rest that will come now as a result. Amen. If you understand that, say amen. Uh, now look at, um, let me see if I have time to do this, uh, Lord. Uh, yeah, I think, let's see. What do you want me to do, Lord? Okay, let's go there real, real quick. I think we got time to do it. 
Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 10 verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. And uh, then I want to show you some, some examples uh, from Jesus. And, and I want to show you of just the tremendous power, guys, and authority, as I said, that comes from being at a place of rest. But let's look at this here, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, because I want you to understand that the very moment that you get a hold of this, the very moment that you put this to practice, you see, it's, it's actually the enemy's job now to go to work and to try to upset your rest. In other, in other words, the very moment that you deliberately choose that you are going to be walking in rest, in a place of resting in, in, in the finished works of Jesus, well, what, what, what Satan is going to do, he's going to try to upset your peace, you see. And so you want to understand that when that happens is, well, when that happens, your job is, is to now, is to not let him take your peace. Amen. Now, I want, to, I want to show you this here. This is something you're familiar with, but look at this here. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Again, that word carnal means fleshly. The weapons of our warfare are not according to the five senses. He says, But they are mighty through God, or the word of God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, the strongholds he's talking about here is, is mental, emotional strongholds. These are particular ways of thinking. These are particular uh, patterns of thinking and responding in certain situations. Uh, those are uh, conditioned responses that you have in a certain situation. <laughs> in other words, you know, you get into your car, you get on the, the 4 or 5 freeway, and your conditioned response is that you're going to get upset, glory to God. You, say, <laughs> you get on that freeway, you may have just been saying your 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 confessions, you may have just been uh, doing your devotions, man, but you get on that freeway, uh, your conditioned response might be that all of a sudden you begin to make some confessions right out, right out of the book of cuss. <laughs> you say, well, that's a conditioned response. In other words, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's something you, you almost feel you don't have any control over. It's just like, man, you know, that was a trigger. It just triggered me. Well, that's a mental emotional stronghold. He says that you can cast down these mental emotional strongholds through the word of God. Through the word of God. Look at verse 5. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing or thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What this means is you're bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, meaning, meaning here's an example. You know, you, you, you get on the freeway, your, your conditioned response is you want to get angry, <laughs> you want to get upset. Well, but you see, when you begin to now examine that response, you notice those thoughts that come that, that have you wanting to get upset, and now you bringing those thoughts into captivity to, to the obedience of Christ means that you are now going to deliberately remind yourself and focus on who you are in Christ. And you're going to understand, man, that no matter what it feels like, you've already got the fruits of the Spirit locked up on the inside of you. You see, you're going to remind yourself that, that the real you isn't the, the one who wants to respond in anger. No, the real you is, is, it's really, your identity, remember, is found in Christ living on the inside of you. So, so you begin to focus on Christ on the inside of you, you see. And, and so what you do is you take those thoughts captive 
And, and guys, one of the ways that you can take a thought captive is, is simply by opening your mouth and speaking the opposite. In other words, uh, you, you, you have a thought of, of uh, you know, impatience or anger. What you do is you open your mouth and you say, praise God, Lord, I thank you that I have already got your peace in my spirit. Lord, I choose to remain at peace and I release the peace that's already on the inside of me. You see, you got a, you're, you're, you're believing God for healing. There's a thought that comes that says you're never going to get healed. Just notice how, how these symptoms are getting worse. It's never going to happen. You're never going to get healed. Well, you're not just going to let that, that thought sit there. What you're going to do is you're going to open your mouth and you're going to say, praise God, I believe by his stripes I am healed. You see, in fact, I want to do this real quick with you guys. I want to do a little exercise with you, if you will. Just take a moment. Just just uh, do me a favor and just wherever you are right now, just just uh, silently count out to 10. Don't say it out loud. Just in your thoughts, start counting from 1 to 10. Ready? Go. Now say your name out loud. Now, guys, if you have do just done that, what happened when you said your name out loud? Well, the very moment you opened your mouth and you said your name, in that moment, the counting stopped. Amen. And so I want you to notice that the way that you take thoughts captive is through speaking the word. You see, because you cannot think one thing and be saying something else at the same time. You see, and so the way you take thoughts captive is not through other thoughts. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, you're just going to try, you know, have this thing going on in your head. No, no, it's, it's you actually open your mouth. You speak the opposite. You see, that's how you cast down these wrong imaginations that this is talking about, you know, imaginations. In other words, this is when you... When, when your mind wants to go and, and think about all the worst case scenarios, in other words, you start to imagine the worst thing that could possibly happen, well, you want to cast that down. How? Through speaking the word, you see. And so the way that you cast down thoughts and imaginations is through speaking the opposite, speaking the word of God. And again, guys, you are speaking the word of God, not because you're trying to get God to move, no, you, you're speaking the word, guys, for your sake, to get yourself and to maintain your, your place of rest. Are you guys following me? Praise God. If you understand that, say amen. And so the weapons of our warfare, guys, you see, here's the thing. Spiritual warfare is always going to first and foremost take place in your own mind. The battle is really up here between your two ears. And what Satan will always try to do is he'll always try to upset your peace. Your job is to remain at a place of peace. Look at John, St. John chapter 14, 27. St. John chapter 14, verse 27. And guys, the awesome thing about all of this is that you are never doing any of this in your own strength and effort. You see, here's, here's the thing, guys, about spiritual warfare. You see, spiritual warfare is not you, you know, trying to defeat Satan. You know, it's not about trying to put, you know, the devil in a headlock. That's not what spiritual warfare is. No, spiritual warfare is not you fighting to try to get victory. Spiritual warfare is simply you maintaining the victory that Jesus has already died to obtain. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. And I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.